Welcome everyone to the loudest podcast, the loudest podcast on the internet. It's audio shit posting for today's edgiest teens. I'm your host, Asterios Coconuts. With us, as always, is Ski Nacho. Hello. Uh, we were off last week. We were off because I was visiting my parents, and they have DSL. And no, not what you think those letters stand for, you perverts. It's um, they have ancient ass internet that I didn't even know they sold anymore. And it was just impossible to record anything, so I apologize uh, that we were off. But to make up for it, we released two bonus episodes last week. And actually, like in the past seven or eight days, we've released three bonus episodes you can get for just $2 on our Patreon. What are those bonus episodes, Sriracha? Well, we've got one new episode of Christry where uh, we listen to a white person pretend to be a black person for what, like 25 minutes? Didn't like it. How many times did that? Zwick did such a good job with the bleeps because there was a lot of risque language. And Zwick is like a ninja with those. Ble- I was so proud. I, I texted him immediately and I was like, I think this is the best editing you've ever done. All the racial slurs were imperceptibly bleep. Yeah, big shout out to Zwick for stopping us from getting canceled. Yeah, we love you, buddy. Uh, then we've got another episode of Dark Sided Jills where I think we talked we talked about online dating and I've, I've been off the market for quite a while, but I still clear as a fucking bell remember what I hate about <laughs> men's dating profile. And then I think we talked about uh, the flight logs. I'm just going to say the flight logs because that's what we talk about every episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that came up at some point. Um, yeah, you guys talked about adreno. You you guys wanted to give Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton something called adrenochrome. Oh, yeah. We talked about like that, the, the red ring of death that uh, monarchs get around their eyes after their like fifth heart transplant. That's like even God at that point is frustrated. <laughs> You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Have you ever seen yeah. like the oldest Rockefeller? He's got that like ring around his eyes and Bill Clinton has it too. Yes. I, <laughs> I what's the name of the prince that was that was buddy buddy with Epstein? I prince know exactly who you're talking about, and that's Phillip. who I'm talking about. Yeah, Prince Let's Phillip. Let's say Prince Philip. I saw a headline that was like, Prince Philip looks decades younger in these photos. And then I looked at them and he looked like the Crypt Keeper went forward in time. Like the Crypt Keeper fell into a portal and became even older. And I was like, is this headline ironic? And I don't think it was, which makes me think, does this guy normally just wear like a like a hood and a cape and carry around a sickle all day? Like how old does this guy usually look? He looks like death, man. Dude, yes. he looks like he is on borrowed time. <laughs> Yeah, and he probably is on borrowed time. But in the show, in the, the episode of Dark Side Jills, you talk about like, oh, all the hearts these guys must be using, all the blood they must be injecting to buy themselves a little more time. Yeah, and, borrowed from and, a small Indonesian boy. Yeah, uh, we, we were just talking about Indonesia. <laughs> yeah, and, then, uh, and then finally, there's a new episode of The Lime and the Coconuts where a, a couple of episodes ago, Lime pitched that we would do boobs versus butts as a topic because he was like zoomers like butts but boomers like boobs why is and that I, what was that why is that for me personally the reason i like boobs a little bit more is it's like something i don't it's like i have a butt and my butt looks pretty great like if i want to see a good looking butt i just look at the mirror at any time but it's like a really nice pair of boobs is like you know, it's like the same reason why if Christmas was every day, it wouldn't be special. I mean, but you don't have a big, juicy dump truck. 
That's I like have a su- big. What are you talking about? Zoomers don't just like any ass. Like, look at the Kardashians. They like like gorilla grip dump trucks. I'm I'm dummy thick. <laughs> I could I could balance a champagne glass on my butt. I could do it. I'll do it. When we go when we're allowed to go on tour again, I'll show you. I have a great ass. Okay, yeah, show the audience your asshole. I'm not gonna hey, there's no need for that. Oh, you zoomers and your infatuation with holes and assholes. <laughs> anyway, so we have a big debate about it. Um oh, but uh but yeah, so again, I was off. I was visiting my parents. Um the comical lengths that I have to go to to make sure my parents don't catch the coronavirus uh, are insane because I don't know what it is about actual boomers, but like they, it's like, you know how like a little kid will just like run into traffic and like, what are you going to do? You can't reason with them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, like, yeah. After experiencing this, this is why I, and you're like, oh no, uh, boomers aren't going to vote for Trump because of the coronavirus and how poorly it's handled. After experiencing a week with your parents, do you seriously think that boomers are taking coronavirus seriously? Okay. Look, granted, there will always be a percentage of dumbass, dumb, dumbass. Percentage boomers. is 99, buddy. I'm sorry to break it to you, but I'm, I'm out in the suburbs. I'm in the middle of nowhere, and I can tell you firmly that boomers 90% they are like ants they have no cognizance that they are even at risk which is hilarious because they're the ones that are most likely to die from it they're like no I'll risk my life for the cheesecake factory okay yes yes granted a lot of these boomers can't wait to die 250,000 of them just went to like a motorcycle festival awesome which is pretty great but here's why I think Trump doesn't have a lock on the elderly vote. Traditionally, Republicans just have a lock on the elderly vote. They just do. Old people vote Republican. And because old people don't have jobs or shit to do that day, they vote. They vote in advance. They mail-in vote. They wait for hours. They volunteer to be polling people. They go to church and their churches help bust people to the polls. It's like, it's like old people have always been a lock. But... Right now, a big percentage of old people know another old person that's died of the coronavirus. And that is the that's the the flipping point, I think. Like, I think, for example, if you're in a nursing home right now, like the specter of death is going like knock, knock on every door in that nursing home. Like uh, like the like uh, the Holy Spirit going through Egypt on Passover, just like yoinking people left and right. And I think that's why some of those people aren't going to vote for Trump this time, because I think they'll be like, oh, shit, this this guy doesn't have this under control. Okay, well, first of all, I reject your premise that people vote in line with their own self-interest. That has not been true for decades. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you're making a really good point. Yeah. Uh, Second of all, I think you're completely wrong. I think Joe Biden has a snowball's chance in hell. Of winning this because old boomers, they are so, I'm telling you, Asterios, they don't get, they do not, they think they are, until they are on a ventilator in a hospital, they think they are immune to it. And I think you're, I think you're even stretching to say that they will blame Trump for that. I don't think they'll make the connection. I think they'll blame, let, let me tell you something my dad told me the other week. 
So before all this COVID stuff starts happening, my dad is texting me nonstop because my dad uh, has been radicalized by Fox News. This is and how? I and mean, I mean radical. He's he's a pretty cool guy. My dad works as a security guard, and there's only one channel they get is Fox News. So he just sits there and watches Fox News for eight hours a day, and he has been radicalized. I'm not even making this up. This is not a shit post. This is not a meme. So he texts me all the time. He's like, uh. Before the coronavirus, he's like, oh, stock market, all-time high, Trump 2020, blah, blah. And I'm like, Dad, the stock market does not give a shit about who is president. And then this coronavirus hits, and it's like the biggest drop in the S&P 500 since, like, the recession of 2008. And I text my dad. I'm like, oh, hey, Dad, uh, what's why did Trump do that? Why did he crash the stock market? He's like, oh, no, it's not Trump. It's Bernie Sanders gaining uh, traction in the election. I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. So when it's doing good, the president does control it. But when it's doing bad, it's other things. It's almost like the stock market doesn't give a fuck who is president. Does your dad even have money in the stock market? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to point this out. Given the evidence that, given stories that you've told me off air that I will not repeat, I don't think your dad's like a big day trader. I don't think your dad is is like is short selling all tech and like like is up is up in Merck and is down in Pfizer and is like is like betting on the vaccine. Like I don't know that your dad is timing the market. I think he. You know, he's doing what people like me do, timing his taquitos in the microwave. Yeah, no, they literally, boomers do not care. They do not care. They think the coronavirus either isn't real or the CDC is lying about the death rates. They think like people are dying of heart attacks and then the CDC is just saying they died of coronavirus because it's a Democrat play. Dude, they won't even wear masks. They won't even be mildly inconvenienced when they go outside. What in that you are living on a different planet. If you think they're going to sit down and they're going to make the connection of, oh, my friends are dying and the coronavirus was handled poorly. I think I'm going to vote out Trump. No, they don't care. All they know, the extent of what they know, they seriously think that Antifa is a bigger threat to them than the coronavirus. All right. I will... Look, I'll close on this because I want to move on because we've both expressed our opinions pretty clearly at this point. (laughs) Like, um... All I'm saying is every single election these days is 49.99% versus 49.99%. Like, it is so polarized. If, like, five out of 100 elderly people that were going to vote for Trump either vote for Biden, another old out-of-touch creep, or... (laughs) Uh, actually, he's very in touch with uh, his female staff member. Hashtag or, settle for Biden. That doesn't I inspire that. confidence in you. I would have written. I would have pitched that campaign. I love it. <laughs> um, or if they just stay home because they're just like everything sucks. Like if you could move a tiny percentage of the elderly away from the Republicans, I think. I think that's I think that's how Biden could win. Well, I think coronavirus might be solving that for you. <laughs> that's a, that's a really good point. Okay, look, look, let's move things on. There's a there's a music video out now that everybody is talking about, and Sriracha, I want you to explain this to me 
I'm sure our viewers already know everything about it, but like I don't. And from what you've told me, it sounds very interesting. Okay. So he is, of course, referring to the WAP music video. Is it WAP or WAP? That sounds like a slur. I'm going to say want, I've been saying WAP. <laughs> I've been saying WAP because WOP is a slur. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say WAP too, because that sounds, that's a little too close for comfort. It's between the M and the O word. Yeah. Exactly. And I like whap, where it's like, whap, whap, take that. Here's my butt. Whap, whap, whap. Like, you you know, I like it. It's fun. Which works, because that is referenced in the song. So, oh whap, the new hot track from Megan the Stallion and Cardi B is, do you know what whap stands for? You told me, but before I didn't. I thought that was like someone's name or something. Yeah, it stands for wet ass pussy. Uh, to people who aren't watching the uh, the video version of this, Sriracha just looked around her room because she's visiting her mom. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I, I was watching this. I watched this, first of all, hilarious, because the music video that they have up on YouTube is like the censored version, I guess. They made them put out the censored version with the music video. And it is, it makes no sense. Every other word is either bleeped out or changed to something completely nonsensical. But then I went and I listened to the actual uncensored version and it's just like it's too much man like i'm not usually one who is like embarrassed by stuff like this but it's i listened to it and halfway through i had to stop it because i thought to myself i am embarrassed to be listening to this that is what interested me about this because you told me that off air and it's like you play the worst video games I've ever seen someone play. You play a video game called Cunt Wars. You, pay a, you play a video game called Poker Sluts. You regularly brag on podcasts about having played something called like School Days or something where like it's about like, like high schoolers fucking and killing each other. Dude, I have played a visual novel where high schoolers pooped on each other and that was not as disgusting to me as this song. This is... this. Must be vile. I'm. This is very, very interesting to me. And I'm not. I'm just clarifying. I'm not saying this in like a moral panicky way because there's a bunch of people on Twitter that are like the blacks are not being role models to young girls, and it's like that's not what I'm concerned about. Like, do whatever you want. I don't care. Just what happened to subtlety? Like, <laughs> what happened to sexual? Like, what happened to baby? It's cold outside. Not smash that little dangly thing in the back of my throat. Like. It's just a little much. Is that a lyric? Yeah. Why don't we listen to it together? Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put it in the G chat. All right, Sriracha, uh, you just sent me the link. Uh, so wh where should I jump to? Should I jump to like the middle or is there like a, a particular part? Uh, here, how about we do this? Let's do it as an endurance test. Start it from the absolute beginning and then whenever you're too embarrassed or grossed out, stop it. All right. Well, this is Cardi B's WAP featuring Megan the Stallion. And we're playing in three, two, one. Mm, I already don't like it. Beat it up, nigga, catch a charge. Large and it's so hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top. I wanna ride. I 
This is... Yeah, this is written by four-year-olds who just discovered sex. The Kegel part makes... Here's a good one. Big Mac truck riding this little garage. Make it cream, make me scream. I don't public, make the scene. I don't cook. I don't clean, but let I, me tell you, I got I, this ring. Gobble me, swallow me, drip down inside of me, quit jump. Oh! Out, let it get inside of me, I tell them where to put it, never tell them where I'm about to be. I'll run down on them before I have a nigga running me. Talk your oh, shit. I'm gonna, okay, we're pausing. We're, okay, we're pausing this for a second. Um, This is the least sexy language. Right? Ever, like, it's just gross. This she's making her pussy sound like it's some kind of alien. Just like, it's dripping wet. It's got a huge cavernous mouth. It cannot be reasoned with. It can never be tamed. It's this, like, ugh. This song has the aesthetic of watching porn after you just finished. <laughs> like, doesn't it? It's like, I recognize this as sexual, but I'm really not interested. I know. It's very... Now I'm getting what you're saying about it being a little too much. It's just a lot, right? It's just a lot. Hey, I got this ring. Gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side of me. Quit jump out for you, let it get inside of me. I tell him where to put it. Never Wait a minute. But, but he was, are we doing pull out or not? Because Cardi B was saying the pull out game is, is all. Sometimes you just got to overcome a hurdle. Hang your coat for this wet ass pussy. He bought a phone just for pictures of this wet ass pussy. Pay my tuition just to kiss me on this wet ass pussy. Now make it rain if you Wait, are they some wet ass pussy? Look, I need a hard hit, I need a deep stroke, I need a henny drink, I need a weed smoke, not a garden snake, I need a king cobra with a hook in it. Hopefully lean over. He got some money, then that's where I'm headed. Pussy A1, just like a cool. He got a beard, I'm I'll him test now, he diabetic. I don't want to well, pa pa pause, pause. Uh, if he's if he has a beard, well, I'm trying to wet it. I let him taste it. It being, of course, her vagina. <laughs> now he's diabetic. <laughs> Again, this is a dangerous sounding pussy. I don't know that. I don't know that I'm ready for this. I don't think that is what a vagina is even supposed to. I feel like I'm coming off to. I don't want to. I feel so bad talking about this because I feel like the people on Twitter that are like, these two need to be role models for young girls are going to camp me in their same, like, guys, I'm not on your side. I just think this is weird and gross. That I Look, I think it's very clear that we at The Loudest Podcast are into disgusting, depraved shit, especially when you hear what commercial I brought in to talk about this awesome. week. But um, no, it's just it. It sounds like people who don't really know what a pussy is or what a pussy does or what's appealing about a pussy talking about a pussy. Like this, like, like this thing's going to need life support. It's so hot. You have to, you like, like it needs $50,000 worth of injections. It needs special creams to keep it lubricated Slap at all times. defibrillator on my wet ass pussy. All right, let's keep let's keep going. Tell them where I'm about to be. I'll run down on them before I have a nigga running me. Talk your shit. Bite your lip. Ask for a call. That's, you're going to kill her. What I was talking about. Hang your coat for this wet ass pussy. He bought a phone just for pictures of this wet ass pussy. Pay my tuition just to kiss me on this wet ass pussy. Now make it rain if you want to see some wet ass pussy. Look, I need a hard hit. I need a deep stroke. I need a henny drink. I need a weed smoke. Not a garden snake. Okay, wait, pause. All right. I do like if it don't hang, then he can't bang. 
You can't hurt my feelings, but I like pain. If you fuck me and ask, who's it when I ride the dick? I'm a spellmanate. This is a good stanza here. But in the last stanza, when she's talking about your honor, she goes like, your honor, this, this, that. It's like, does this take place in a continuity where they've murdered these men with their pussies and like now they're on trial? Like, is that why they're talking about how wet these pussies are? Because they're like, your honor, we can't do anything about our dripping wet pussies. I can't help that I got a gorilla grip dump truck, your honor. <laughs> no, no, exactly. That's a talk about an attractive nuisance. But I like pain. If he fucks me and ask who's is it when I ride the dick, I'm going to spell my name. Yeah, it's more of this. That's the end. I like it's ju- it's so intimidating. It's like they're talking about vaginas in the least sexual way possible. And that's where and that I think that'll do it for me. Macaroni in a pot. Yeah, I think I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm done. <laughs> okay. I think my least favorite part of this song is actually not the disgusting ways they're talking about their WAPs. But there's just like a dude in the background going like, there's some holes in this house. There's some holes in this house. And it's like, you can't be nice to these ladies. That's their word. That's not your word, sir. Yeah, if it was a lady <laughs> saying that, I wouldn't care as much. If she was like, it's ho time. Ho, it's ho clock. Choo-choo on the ho train. Like, but it's like, what? And he's so, and also there's like a, there's like a, have you noticed there's like a military drum beat to this song where it's just like, the pussy is invading. It's unstoppable. Get on your knees and surrender to this pussy. Resistance to this pussy is futile. I think my least favorite line was park this Big Mac truck inside of my little garage. After that, I was like, I'm done. No, no more of this. Maybe I am a boomer. Uh, the re- I like how we're finally on the same page about something being gross. <laughs> Last thing I'm going to say is, okay, so it's like they have wet, they have very wet pussies, they're very, very wet pussies, and these pussies need to, be, they need to be fucked by big dicks. Okay, granted. But then she's like talking about her mouth and she's saying like, like I'm, you know, to, to, to fuck my, my mouth so hard that you, you beat up the, what is the name of the bangly, the dangly thing at the back of the throat, the by the way? Yeah, it's like you know, I want you to, to 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 box my uvula with your with your big dick. I think we should really be focusing on the pussies in this song. It's like now we're talking about mouths. You know what I mean? You're like, right. The execu- one thing at a time. The execution is confused. <laughs> I know, and I get it when they're like, "I've got a great pussy. I've got a great ass." Those are neighbors. And like you know, it's like a set. It's kind of like you know, hey, six of one, one half a dozen the other. But it's like. Now you're confusing things because it's like, who's going to be like, I have a wet ass mouth. I have so much spit in my mouth. My <laughs> mouth is out of control. I'm always, I have one of those little suction things from the dentist because I can't stop salivating. It's like, it, I expect a mouth to be wet. Well, listen, Asterios, if they made the song also about butt fucking, there would be no sequel. <laughs> <laughs> you need to leave something for the follow up. Web coming soon. All right. Well, and we, and we will. <laughs> Wet ass we, butthole. We have a lot of show today. 
We have a lot of show today. Sriracha and I will be showing each other commercials, and we have a very exciting interview that you won't want to miss. So you better we- park that big fat ass right in that little couch space. <laughs> we will be right back after this. Sorry. I don't know why you would apologize for being hilarious at a comedy show. We'll be right Park back after that this. big fat ass right in that little car seat with your family. Welcome back to the Loudest Podcast. Me and Sriracha, we're both professional marketers. We both make our money through advertising. And we're both on antidepressants. Yes, and we need them because what we do doesn't help anybody really except for still already, already going to do. But um, I was... Uh, I got a text the other day from Fun Fact Guy. You know my Fun Fact Guy? Love Fun Fact Guy. Yeah. And we were, we were just like saying, hey, what's up? How you doing? He was wishing me a happy birthday. I was asking him what he's up to. And he's like, oh, me and my friends are all watching this uh, Folgers commercial from 2009. And I was like, why? What? You're doing what? And he's like, you've never seen this Folgers commercial? And I was like... No, I haven't seen a lot of things. Why do people always act? Why are people always act surprised when I haven't heard of what the fuck they're talking about? Oh, you haven't seen this obscure commercial from 2009, 11 years ago, boomer. But you know what? Then I then I saw the commercial and I was like, oh no, I should have seen this. Oh, I'm going to so send excited. this. I'm going to send this to you right now. Um, and uh, and I want you to watch it live on air. I want you to tell me why people are into this commercial. All right, I'm ready. All right, so it's a... I must have the wrong house. Sister. <laughs> oh, I missed you so much. They waited up all night for you, you know. It's a long way from West Africa. Oh, coffee. I'm going to pause it here. Okay. So, and uh, an audience, so uh, what, what's happened is a... Uh, a like a man in his early 20s, a guy, he's, he's come back home from the Peace Corps. He was in West Africa, and his, uh, his teenage sister uh, has uh, greeted him at the door. Why did she say sister when she opened the door? I don't, I don't know. You know what? I have kind of an idea. Let's keep watching the spot. I brought you something from far away. <laughs> really? Oh. And it's like a wrapped gift. Good African print. <laughs> what are you doing? You're my present this year. The best part of waking up is folders in your cup. What? And what the sister what the sister does is she takes the, the bow off of the gift and puts it on her brother. And she's like, you are my present this year. And it's like, happy holidays from Folgers. This is very incesty. That, there we go. You got it in one. <gasps> this is weird. That's sexual tension. I don't know if they hired like a couple to play these two, but oh man, that sexual tension was palpable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is why this is a famous commercial and why I apologize, phone fat guy. I should have seen it. I'm so, so sorry. Um, this ad is called... Coming home. The boy is named Peter, and the girl is named Brotherfucker. No, the girl is Sister. named Libby. <laughs> the, the, the girl is named Libby, which is kind of like liberation. And this commercial has spawned an online movement known, known as Folger Cest. 
Um, there are currently 44 fan fictions about this on the website Archive of Our Own alone. Um, and dedicated, quote, Sesters have written hundreds of thousands of words about the brother coming home from Africa to his sister who's all grown up and he's her present this year. Well, my life is now worse. Thank you so much for knocking 10 points off my IQ. I'm now in double digits and I couldn't afford to lose those. Thank you so much, problems guy. Don't ever email the show again. Yeah. Exactly. This is how I feel every time I talk to you about any of your garbage. Now I got some garbage of my own. I'm the boomers so at the driver's suite. Um, I am not kidding. Half of the 44 stories are about Star Wars. Oh, no. I, wait, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> ha- because half of them are about either Luke and Leia in a Folgers commercial or Kylo and Rey in a Folgers commercial, which doesn't make sense because they're not even related. related. Oh my God, I hate this. I hate the internet. The internet was a See, I'm thinking that they're just writing fan fiction about Libby and Peter. But no, of course it has to be some stupid fucking nerd shit. Yup. I mean, look, they can't relate to it unless it's some stupid fucking nerd shit. Um, now, uh, so there was a big article about this in GQ magazine. It was like an oral history of the Folger Cest ad. And, um, <laughs> of course and, there is. And author Aza Azdima, who's written a couple of Folger Cest stories, uh, is quoted as saying, quote, it's almost universally agreed that the reason the brother joined the Peace Corps was to get as far away from home as possible, trying to outrun his incestuous feelings, which I personally love. Well, I mean, it looks like she action. reciprocates them. So how? That's, I know, I know. And, and actually, we're, uh, I, I want to read a story called A Home for All Seasons. I have some excerpts from it. Uh, it's what is it rated? By- is it A+. Plus? Hold on. You know, I didn't even know these things had ratings. That means, yes. (laughs) A Home for All Seasons, uh, category FM, additional tags incest, part of the Yuletide collection. It has 718 kudos and 97 comments. Is that good? Sounds good. (laughs) Says creator chose not to use archive warning, so be careful. I'm going to send you uh, some clips and and we'll read them together. You'll be the sister and I'll be the brother. Okay. Okay, so I have excerpts from two stories. Uh, this one, again, is called The Home for All Seasons. It's 10,000 words long. Oh, and it takes boy. place over the course of two years. We see the brother go away to the Peace Corps. We, we, we're, we wait for him to come back. He comes back for the Folgers commercial. But then they don't. But the sister's too nervous to admit to the brother. And then later they're on the phone and the sister's like, I, I love you. In that way, the brother doesn't know what to do with his feelings. He hangs up. Then later in the fall, we, we have this conversation. And take us there. No, it's... She trailed off. Can we pretend it didn't happen? Matt opened his mouth to agree but found the words lodged in his throat. He could say yes, and they could try to return to normalcy. The only problem was he didn't want to. I thought his name was Peter. It is Peter. <laughs> I don't know why it's mad. Maybe the whoever wrote this didn't know their name. Whatever. But it is Peter. All right. Um, You're the then, brother, right? Yeah, and I'm the brother. And then Peter said, 
No. And the sob he heard on Libby's end of the line made him want to die. Matt, please. Libby. He took a deep breath, trying to muster up his courage. Libby, it's not just you. What's not? She said, confusion in her words. I wanted to kiss you too. The moment he said the truth out loud, Matt felt lighter than he had in, in a long time. Libby sounded very small and incredibly far away. Matt? I wanted to kiss you too. The words were easier to say a second time, and a third. I wanted to kiss you. I wanted to lay with you in our hammock and kiss you everywhere, and touch you everywhere, and God, Libby, every nerve in his body hummed with wanting, wanting her. The girl from the Folgers commercial! You did? Libby took a great, shuddering breath. I did. He hesitated. I do. She was silent for a long, cruel moment where he'd wondered if he'd gone too far, if he'd lost her forever. Then finally, she spoke into the phone. So kiss me. His body felt electric, his blood hot in his veins. I feel like I'm really in the character right now. <laughs> you were doing such a good job. You were killing it here. Fuck yeah. I wish, I wish I could, he said desperately. You can. She said, her voice quiet. We're on our beach. Sunset, he asked, wanting to see what she was seeing. Nighttime. She replied. The stars are out. The tide is high, he added. The waves are loud. Is the water warm? Perfectly. Let's go swimming. Okay. Now Let's from there, we got, the, from there it goes on and they, <sighs> and then in the next season... In the next season, like in the, the fall or whatever, like they have a lot of phone sex. And now I'm going to cut to the big ending. The part of this story that everybody wants to hear. Like, this is it. They are finally going to... Uh, it's, it's all happening in this next part. So here's the end of the story. She went running that day, she being Libby. She'll think back and remember that run, the way she smiled, the way she smelled fall in the air, and the wind seemed crisp and cold. She never loved fall, never loved the heat slowly slipping away, knowing it wouldn't return for several months. This fall, however, she welcomed with open arms, because with it would arrive her brother, returning home to America. To her. Her phone was ringing when she got back to her room. She had kicked off one sneaker already and was towing the other one off when she registered the muffled sound. Digging through her sheets, she uncovered the phone under a pillow, still chiming incessantly. Hi, Mom. She answered. I was just about to hop in the shower. Can I call you back in- Libby? She heard a sniffle on the other end. Mom? Are, are you okay? Libby, it's- She'll replay that conversation over and over again for months, for years. And she'll never be certain if she knew the instant before her mom told her, or if that detail had been added in years since. Either way, she felt a chill race down her spine as her mother struggled for words. Mom? Libby asked again, desperate to hear more and absolutely terrified at the same time. Is Dad okay? There's a small part of her that knows, but will never admit, that she was hoping her dad was the one her mom was calling about. Libby, it's your brother. A director from the Peace Corps called. There's, there's been an accident. 
She sank to the ground, her legs shaking uncontrollably. She could hear her breath coming in fast, angry gulps, and on instinct, she ducked her head between her knees. Libby? Mom, is he... is he okay? She asked, knowing that the next words out of her mother's mouth would change her life into before and after. Please, she, she prayed. Please, 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 please. No, sweetie. Her mom shattered her world with a whisper. He was biking, and there was a sudden storm, and he lost control. She said he'd been on a cliff. Wait a minute! What the fuck? Why is he biking on the side of a cliff? What the hell? No wonder this guy's into incest. He's clearly... He has some brain damage. Yeah, he's clearly got a double-digit IQ, so... They might be the children of incest! I was gonna say, it seems like it runs in the family. Yes! And anyway, so, uh, so the brother dies. They never get to consummate their, their Folgers-driven relationship. And that's how the most popular Folgers story ends. Wow, that's kind of sad. falling off a cliff on his bike. Wait, what were you saying, Sriracha? If he didn't die in such a hilarious way, this would be pretty emotional. <laughs> you really buy, you really buy into this stuff. I do. I'm in the character now. I feel as Libby feels. All right. Now I'm going to, now we're going to end on a lighter note. I read that story. I hated it. I read a lot of these stories and I hated them. I found one story that I liked. It's called Waking Up. It's only 3,000 words and it's almost entirely fucking. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> it's great. It just begins with the commercial. He comes home. She's excited to see him. They do the Folgers thing. Then they go to the bedroom and have sex. It's great. So um, it opens with uh, the guy saying, uh, all right, let's get this out of the way first. I love coffee. I love good coffee, so it's first person. In many ways, my time in Africa was like a pilgrimage. I went to Ethiopia, where coffee was born. The story goes, blah, blah, blah. I had coffee made by locals who ground the beans with a mortar and pestle that were 100 years old. I have to explain this to unpack the fact that when my sister made me a cup of Folgers, I wasn't relishing it. I was dreading it. Bland, freeze-dried garbage. But she made it. She handed it to me. My little sister, who I watched grow up, my little sister who set in motion complex events that Aww. forced me to flee not only my hometown, but my home continent. For you see, for me, there are few things more appealing than when someone smart and pretty has a crush on you. For me, maybe the only thing more appealing was when something was forbidden, when something was wrong, taboo. So when I saw that look of infatuation in my sister's eyes when we were teenagers, it stirred up something inside me. Something dark and delicious. Like coffee. <laughs> and, that, and, the, and then, like, they do it. They have sex. He goes down on her. And there's a thing. I, 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 I didn't put it here because it, it's too gross. But, like, <laughs> but she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're about to go down on me. And then he goes, like... I'll only do it if you give me your allowance. And then she's like, I got your allowance right here and blah, blah, blah. And there's talk and of clits. And me and Nico will be reading that part on the next Dark Side Chills. I thought you might like that part. That's and then, great. Uh, oh, my God. And, 
And then we just go to the end. And Sriracha, I want you to read the end of the story. So this is after the sex. Okay. Uh, an hour later, both of us were showered and cooking. Gross. Our parents so happy <laughs> I was back. I decided I could lie about not fucking my sister. One would hope. <laughs> <laughs> But I couldn't lie about the coffee anymore. Life was too short to drink that shit. I pulled a bag of beans out of my bag and the little hand grinder I carried. Whoa, what is that amazing smell? My sister asked. Real coffee, I replied. This guy's kind of a jackass. I I know, but I like how he's confident. And started grinding. Her eyes opened wide. Yirga chef. I've probably butchered that. Ethiopia, I said, and made it while she added to the pile of pancakes I started. When it was done, I served it to just the two of us, knowing my parents were too set in their ways to enjoy it. Try it without milk first, I asked. She smiled. Her eyes shone with love. The held the mug in both In both hands and closed her eyes as she took in the scent, then sipped it. Her eyes then opened wide. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's so complex. It's like chocolates and lemons and wine. I can't believe it. And that was it. Maybe even more than finally fucking her, I fell harder in love with my (laughs) sister than I ever thought possible. I knew we would be together forever. I wanted to wake up next to her every day. I knew rolling over and kissing her every morning would be the best part of waking up. It's incest in your car. The end. This is the story for you, listeners. Again, you look it up. It's called Waking Up. It's an archive of our own. See, the thing that I think the last story needed was she finds out the brother dies. Then this is how I would end that story. She goes down to the kitchen. She's a zombie. She just needs a glass of water so she can catch her breath. She turns her head to the left, sees a canister of Folgers, and starts crying. There's no tie back to the product in that story. And as a marketer, I'm looking to sell, sell, sell the coffee. Now, while this story really does take a big steaming dump on Folgers and the Folgers Corporation, (laughs) you know, that's that kind of like edgy shit that, that Zoomers like. Where it's like, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah, our coffee tastes like ass, but it's a dollar, so buy it. Yeah. I like Folgers more after this story. I think the way that I would punch up this incest story would be at the end, and she hears that he dies, right? And then mm-hmm. she finds out that he faked his death. Because he knew that he could never be accepted as, like, a sister fucker. So he faked his death, and in the middle of the night, he comes to his sister's room and says, run away with me. And she says, absolutely. And she fakes her death, and the only thing they can drink is Folger's coffee, because they're on the run forever. That makes a lot of sense. They can't afford, like, nice Ethiopian coffee. But they have each other. But they look, and what, what tastes better than that? We will be right back after this with a pretty cool interview that I can't wait to play for you. Welcome back to The Loudest Podcast. We've got a special guest, Michael. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay. Now, Michael just sounds like a normal name. You're probably, listeners are probably thinking like, why is just there's some Mike on the show? (laughs) But Sriracha, this is no normal Michael. Michael (laughs) Usama. 
You're chosen by the powers that be, and you are transported to the magical land of anime monster girls, and mm-hmm, you are canonically mm-hmm. the first man ever to fuck your waifu, because you were drawn into the manga of what, monster girls? That monster, monster yeah, monster musume or uh, daily life with monster girls is, I think, how they romanize it. Yes, and you. So you canonically are the first man ever to have sex with your wife, <laughs> your snake wife. Now look, this is just what we heard. We this is uh, these aren't our words. Right, 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 right. girl fucking. <laughs> this is just this is what the word on the street. The is. word on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my first question for you is, how did that snake pussy taste? Now, <laughs> n- number one, not a snake. Okay, gotta clear <laughs> oh, that up. Excuse the fuck out so, of me. It's like cobalt, okay? It's like uh, kind of like a dog girl kind of thing. So like, you know, uh, animal ears, tail, that kind of thing. Even better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the snakes are good. I like the snakes, though. I, I always did. I was a fan of Mia from the manga before uh, Pulp got introduced. So I guess, like, that's a fantastical version, for sure. It's uh, not accurate, not entirely accurate. Um, <laughs> but it's not entirely... Is it 99% accurate? I mean, how, you know... I give you, I give you 80%. Great. 80% accurate. That's really good for <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, that sounds good for us. Right. So, I mean, this goes way, way back. So, like, the manga's been running for, like, five years. It's longer than that. I'm going to get... Somebody on the wiki page is going to be like, no, it's actually been running from... Yeah, but I don't actually know. So, it's been running for, you know, six, seven years now, I think. So, I was into it way, way back when it first got started. So, this is all, like, originally a thing on 4chan for, like, the, uh, the animation board. And so people would talk about the, the manga, you know, you discuss stuff. And then the way this whole thing got started originally was we found out that the, the uh, author has a Twitter page. And being that most weebs and nerds don't actually speak Japanese, um, nobody had any way to talk to him. And I was like, well, I've, you know, I, I live in Japan. I'll, I'm fluent in Japanese. I'll do it. And they're like, whatever, man. You're probably just, you know, some fat loser. <laughs> <laughs> and so is that wait is that accurate no. uh, again just for just journalistically we're asking I mean, okay asking, there's there's about a million no 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 <laughs> if anything um the exact opposite of that so that was the thing was uh you know originally how i got my name which was ttf or like tank top tank top friend is how i go now <laughs> yeah, thank we, you we, we, pay, thank. we do the second one here yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Zick, zwick bleep that yeah, out yeah, bleep please it. continue it's fine you know, that was, uh, it was back in the day. So it was a little, you know, I was like, eh, I don't really want to go by that anyway. So I knew a guy, I knew a guy at BronyCon who was oh Rara the F slur and they made him change his name to <laughs> yeah. Rary Friend. <laughs> now I, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, resent the, the comparison to, to Brony culture in any oh, way I'm whatsoever. Sorry. I've already ruined this. I've burned this bridge already. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll work it back. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll get back there. So originally what I did was there was a, a the character that I like that was introduced, my wife, who was introduced in like chapter 17 or something when they go to the gym. And so I was like 100% on board with highly energetic, like, you know, uh, animal ear, fluffy tail, this whole thing. So I was like 100%, this is, this is my character. 
And everyone's like, eh, f- you know, fuck you, some fat slob. So what I did was I bought a, uh, a tank top from, I, I forget the guy's name. Uh, it, was, it was online, so it was like had the logo for Sports Club Cobalt. And I posted a picture of myself flexing in it to be like, yeah, nah, uh, I'm actually ripped. So <laughs> I posted that and then it became this whole thing. And then from there, I kind of, you know, got more involved with community and I made a Twitter and I started talking to the author. And it turns out the author is a really cool guy. Um, he's uh, Okayato one two one five. So maybe you could you can probably like link it somewhere. He's really really cool. Um, he loves the Western fans. He was not expecting like the manga to be as popular as it was. It got really really popular over in the states. So like uh, it made like the New York Times bestseller list for manga, which was absurd at the time. And so I was talking to him on Twitter, and it turns out um, he does this kind of like promotion thing where. Um, you kind of submit like a little application to get drawn in as a background character uh, and you get paired up with like a monster girl. So that was open to Japanese fans, but nobody ever translated it into English. So I kind of asked him like, Hey, is this still open? Can we still do this? He's like, yeah, I don't see why not. So I submitted my application and I got drawn in. And I think uh, first chapter was like 43 was the first time I show up and I, uh, I got my spine broken. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Are what you hap- dead? No, that's a good thing. I didn't die. Um, what happens is, is um, Mia, the main character, goes has to get like a part time job, and so she goes to try and like become a trainer. But obviously, she's a snake, so the physiology is a little different there. So everybody tries to kind of follow how her stretches and stuff work, and uh, I'm one of those people who tries to follow it, and I end up in an in an ambulance, uh, getting carted out on the first chapter I was drawn in. So I was like, ah. That's good. That's fun. Um, then I think a lot of time passed until I got drawn in again in the background. And the thing is, is most people were like, you know, um, I don't care like what the character is because you're not getting drawn with like one of the main characters. That's just, you know, they're not going to do that because it's a whole thing in Japan. So at that time, Polt was kind of like a side character, like not even she'd shown up like twice once. And this is your kobold waifu. Correct. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so she'd shown up like once before, but I was like such a turbo nerd on Twitter that, you know, like constantly like she's the best. Here's this picture, all this, you know, all that good stuff that the author is like, man, this guy's crazy. What's with them? I, I want to draw like I'm going to put her into the manga more now. And he said that in an interview, I think, with uh, the anime man uh, at some point. <laughs> and so that was fun. So you shit posted like your way into getting more of this girl that you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially. Okay, we're we're checking off a lot of accomplishments. <laughs> no, I'm boxes telling you, here. it really sounds like you've done a real good job so far. Keep going. Okay. Not only so, have you just shit posted into the world of monster girls, you've also shit posted your way to a monster girlfriend. Yeah, it gets better. Yes. Monster wife now, actually. It, it, it gets better. Oh, what? Congratulations! <laughs> so, Mazel tov. Thank you. I'm actually half Jewish, surprisingly enough. Look, I am. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay. Alright, keep telling the story. Now I'm on the edge now of my seat. Oh my seat. god. I got you, got you, got you. So after that, there was like a big, big lull because um, he had some, the author had some health issues. Uh, there was some, you know, uh, a lot of stuff going on. So there, I, I, and I also didn't want to be like, you know, constantly bugging him and be like, hey, you should draw me. Because I was never like that. I was never like, you need to draw me. So what I did was I, I wanted to help out like the Western fans. So I did a lot of translation stuff. If people had questions on Twitter, I'd translate him. Um, I still help out the author like 
I don't know, every once in a while when they have questions about like, you know, how do we reach the Western fan base? Because I'm like a marketing guy by, by trade. So that's uh, real boring. <laughs> but um, from um, there... Actually, me and Sriracha both work in marketing too. Oh, and really? yes, it is real boring. Right, yes. right? Incredibly yes. boring. Like, yes, it sucks. <laughs> but uh, so, so from there, um, what happened was he opened it up again to do these uh, applications. So like, and this time it was like a big, big deal. So he opened it up to everybody. And so I helped, uh, you know, translate the application thing. So a whole bunch of other people um, could get drawn in. And I said at the time, I was like, hey, I'm going to back off. Like I've already been in twice, you know, don't don't put me in in front of somebody else. Because, you know, I think more people should have a chance to get in. It's more fun that way. But what I did was there's this guy named uh, Wysan from Chiba. And some of your viewers, listeners... Uh, probably know about him. This guy was like me on steroids. Um, <laughs> what he did, which I did not do, but what he did was he was a big fan of, I'm going, I forget her name, uh, one of the girls from Nisekoi. And there was like, uh, like character rankings where you'd send in postcards. And, you know, based on the number of postcards that they get, that's where their ranking end up. He's, he sent in so many that she went to the very, very top, like by himself. <laughs> so he he Wait, was like yeah, yeah, yeah so this guy filled out like hundreds or thousands, thousands. of postcards because he loves like a snake girl no or no like no, no. Nisekoi is, Niseko is completely different manga no monster Niseko girls Nisekoi is a very boring manga about a guy and a girl that have to pretend oh, to date but then they like each it's real bad it's I don't know bad. how anybody is that the one you that. told me about where like it's the rent a girlfriend thing no, no that's a different one <laughs> that's a different one <laughs> there's a lot of garbage romance anime and manga out there very all right i've re i've realized i don't want to know more about it and i'd like to move on <laughs> anyway so what that guy did was at the end he sent a bunch of like presents and stuff to the author um kind of like a final like a final stand kind of thing so what i did was i did something similar i sent off like um, a couple of presents i posted about it on twitter um, and I was just like, yeah, you know, here, here's like a kind of like a send off kind of thing. Like, I'm not going to bother you anymore. Um, but, you know, I kept helping out. So what happened was in the most, not the most recent, but chapter 64, um, which is like a way, way, way after the last time I showed up, there's a panel in the background and it's me in a suit um, next to Polt. And then she's got a ring on her finger. And I was like, oh, shit. Wait, seriously? And so I went in on Twitter and I confirmed and he's like, hey, you know, take from that what you will because, you know, they ha they can't like out and out say it, but... Take from that what you will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a wedding ring yeah, and it's you're a wedding, wedding suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. This isn't like some sort of subtle hint No, here. no, no. It's very obvious. <laughs> wow. And then on the volume release, which is separate from like the regular magazine, they the, there's like a little, I don't know what you call it, like an eye catch where it's like a standalone image on one page by itself. And he used that panel for that one. So, you know, it's kind of serious. So you got like a full page of this uh, Sriracha. What, is it like a book or what, what is he talking about? Uh, what, I'm sorry. What did you, a uh, one page? What's the, so it's the volume release and what, like, I don't understand. So sorry. manga is released by chapters in Japan. Okay. So generally like they release it chapter by chapter and you have to buy a magazine that releases it. And then after enough chapters have been released, they put them all together in those into a book. And that's the manga oh. that people buy. That's the... Vo oh, wait. So the volume release essentially has a splash page yeah. of you 
and your monster, former monster girlfriend, now monster wife. Correct. Yes, that is correct. That's a big fucking deal. When I talk to you, Michael, I'm talking, listeners, I'm talking to Michael before, and I'm, I'm giving him a pre-interview, and he's like, no, 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 it's not really what everyone said. It's actually better, because this wasn't some tawdry one-night stand with a cobalt. Of course not. Like, you now you for? guys are like husband and monster. What? what? On a okay. private jet, too, actually. It, yes, in your mind. What was the wedding night like? Like in your mind, like hey, was, was is it was that the first time? Like, <laughs> like give us any details. <laughs> that's uh, that sounds like private information. Yeah, don't ask. I know a that's guy why I'm asking. <laughs> I'd look. I look. I just. I just look, I'm look. just saying. Yeah. We're just bros being dudes here. This way. She's uh-huh. a gym trainer. Uh, uh-huh. I'm a fitness nerd. So uh, you know, take from that what you will. Oh my God! They went all night. Goodness gracious! I can't wait, wait okay. to see your litter. <laughs> yes, do you have kids? That sounds Are so they have cobalt? <laughs> have you started talking kids yet? I know that's a big step. Look, at this point, I can't like give away more information because there actually isn't any. I don't. I don't think I would uh, show up again uh, in any capacity because. It's kind of like a big deal, but uh, I mean, that's how it stands right now. Okay. I'm thinking spinoff. We're all marketing. I mean, I'm for the spinoff. I've said that before. Definitely. Like a fitness theme manga. Those are big right now. Human fucks dog person plus fitness manga. Yeah, that's that's when you put it that way. It's it's very like bagels. (laughs) What's that phrase? Sell like like hotcakes. Yeah, yeah, hotcakes. What did I say? Bagels. Bagels also sell very well. They're very popular, especially here in New York. God damn. Okay. So what does it feel like to have one over on every other stupid nerd out there who made fun of you for being fat, even though you go to the gym all the time? Yeah. And now you're dating like an equally ripped dog girl. Like, does it feel good? Tell me how good it feels. Oh, you know, I would say um, it's definitely, I would say the best part about that in terms of like getting it one over on anybody is, yes. I mean, yes. number one, it's a trump card. Cause yes, like, what are you going to do? They're like, Oh, fucking nerds. Like actually it's canonical. Number two. Yes. Um, the one thing I, I don't post much on 4chan anymore, but it used to be, you know, you have to stay on topic. People really don't like it when you're like live blogging your life. But technically if I were to go in and start a thread about my life, that's just canon. Yes. Yeah. Because you are that's anime. It. Exactly. So I'm technically every day I'm cosplaying myself. You're like the guy from, you're like the girl from the Take On Me video. Like you're just in the (laughs) diner one day on 4chan and then a monster girl like knocks on a window and then you come in and they're trolls with pipe. It's like who framed Roger Rabbit, cool world, take on me, pick your poison. God damn, this is fantastic. Holy shit, you should try to use. You should try to use that to parlay it into like a Guinness World Record, like longest time spent cosplaying. How old are that? you? Twenty five years. <laughs> Twenty nine, actually. Twenty nine years, even better. <laughs> well, let's see. I mean, yeah, retroactively speaking, I guess it, it would count as uh, as Twenty nine years constantly in cosplay. I don't know how I my mean, parents if, would feel about that. Even if you put it from the date that you were originally drawn to the bag, I still think that you have a big one up over every other cosplayer. <laughs> 
I'll be goddamned. Okay, you bring up your parents, which is a great question. Well, How no, do your parents that. feel about you being married to a dog girl? Do Are they, they into this? it they, or they, super into it? Oh, they don't. Not at all. I don't talk to they my parents know? about that. When he's kidding well, guess what, Michael? You'll never guess who we have on the line. If you actually had my parents on the line, I would be very, very hanging up this call. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to talk to them next. Okay. Don't don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry as you hang on. All right, Michael. Before we let you go, I the I I want to say first off, thank you so much to our listeners for connecting us up. Second, it's it's weird because it's like you and Sriracha clearly know all this anime yeah. garbage, yeah. and it's like um like you both clearly waste your lives on that four channel page, and it's yes, kind of yeah. sad to me. But I waste my life listening to D and D podcasts. Also and a good waste of a life. It literally, it just so, ha- I'm not even kidding. Like it tur- when I'm in, the, when I'm pre-interviewing him, Michael's like, Hey, don't worry. I have a microphone. Cause I do a D and D podcast named revival. And it's like, Oh shit. I'm a patron of yours. <laughs> I give you $2 every month because I like your podcast so much. Um, Revival is this like incredibly clever, incredibly good D&D podcast, and it's got like a hell of an elevator pitch, Michael, if you want to tell our listeners. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let me give you the, the quick pitch for Revival. So Revival is a joint project between me and my brother and a couple of friends of ours. Uh, my brother is the DM. Um, but the elevator pitch for the setting is basically we took a classical D&D setting, so the classical gods, the classical races and stuff, and basically went, what would it be like if magic made sense and had rules? And then from that, we decided the best place to have it set would be on Earth, uh, post-apocalyptic Earth, actually. So basically what happens is a uh, giant portal was opened up from the uh, D&D planes of existence, opened up in the middle of New York and uh, floods the Earth with mana. And it turns out that uh, life on Earth is not mana-based. So life on Earth can't deal with mana. Mana is tied intrinsically to intelligence. And so anything that's basically smarter than, I would say, like an elephant or a dolphin is uh, killed instantly as the mana kind of washes over the planet. And then everything else um, is kind of mutated and changed or adapts to living in this new mana uh enriched environment and then all of these uh settlers who come through the portal who thought that the place was completely empty and dead because you know they have no conception of how life could possibly exist without mana come into this place that they've just accidentally committed genocide on and how they go about living in a world that doesn't make any sense to them uh, with biology and, and science that is well beyond anything they could comprehend and that's kind of where the story starts and takes place now, I know one of the things I like about this is that they figure out how to use guns incredibly oh, yeah. fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, it, they're like, guns make sense to us. Elves, dwarves, gnolls. We all love these fucking guns these people had. Yeah. Um, it's, it is, it is so good. It is, it is so, so good. And Michael plays, uh, I, I'm 12 episodes in. Oh, you're right. Um, at I, a good one. 13 is like the, I would oh, say the it's like point? the the selling point of the series it's like where it really takes off oh god damn okay that that's great like um like it's also where we all I get just, good mics <laughs> yeah i was gonna i was 
I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to say to our listeners, like, um, at first they are clearly broadcasting through their laptop pinhole microphones. Yeah, you know. It, it does get better. But the thing is, it's like the acting and the storytelling, and especially the DM is great. Not, Michael's yeah. like essentially the main character, at least for the first arc, I suppose. And he's great. Like, he, Michael plays like a biologist who like loves organisms and seems to hate people. And yeah. so like, it's really interesting how like Mike, like there's at one point there's like a rescue mission, like, and Michael's like, uh, how long is it going to take to rescue these people? I'm trying to study these lions. And like, it's just like, really, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. I play uh, Elias Adelhelm and he's kind of like uh, an elf biologist who really, really, really disliked biology and how it was taught back on the, uh, his previous plane of existence because it's kind of just all like the, the majesty of nature and poems and songs. And he doesn't give a shit about any of that. He just wants to know how things work. And, you know, sometimes you got to dissect something, but the elves would never do that because nature is beautiful and perfect and all that sort of dumb shit. Yeah, there's like a really funny scene. Well, I don't, I won't spoil it too much, but where like a dissection goes horribly wrong. <laughs> um, but uh, but hey, uh, and so that is the revival podcast, uh, listeners. You can find it on I, on iTunes and where you can find podcasts. Are you guys on Spotify as well? Yeah, we should be. Uh, we're on YouTube, Spotify, all the major ones. It's Revival, uh, a Dungeons and Dragons Real Play Podcast is the full name. Yeah. And, um, hey, well, Sriracha, you got any last questions about the, the man who conquered the world of, of monster dating? The man who conquered the world of dog pussy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your podcast, Are There Birds? Are There Birds? Like, Yeah, like, do birds exist still? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Patton is uh, actually a bird man, like a, a bird person. He's like well, I'm a, sold. an artificer kind of doctor. And I swear to you, his name is Tad, is the guy who plays it. He's the one who runs the Let Me Tell You About uh, podcast. But he plays Patton Nordstrom. And he has, like, this ungodly talent for every single time he needs to come up with, like, a potion or a name for something. He goes, Patton's patent pending, and then some bullshit alliteration that works for that situation. We don't know how he does it, but he does it every single time. I'm sold. I'm sold. It sounds great. <laughs> He's a very funny bird with very good potions. And and Michael, again, yeah. very lucky man. Congratulations. <laughs> you, you you listen to him on the Revival podcast. Um, thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. All right. You take care. And listeners, we'll be right back right after this. All right, it's voicemail time. This week's show has gone long, so we're gonna we're only gonna play one voicemail. Um and uh, here we go. It's from uh, Squishy Fresh. And, uh, and let's see what you think. Objection. Squishy Fresh here. Uh, fuck, I mean. Jonathan Purple Quesadilla, attorney in law here. Sarancha claims that she hates cereal. But if that's true, explain this clip from the February 20th, 2018th on the oh, popular no. web zone radio show Mysterious Mode as a Child, Volume 2, at 5 minutes and 40 seconds in. Honey Nut Cheerios, fantastic. Delicious. Okay, quick question, Sriracha. What do you like better, Honey Nut Cheerios or Frosted Cheerios? Absolutely Honey Nut Cheerios. You know what? Me too, because I can eat Frosted Flakes. Right. Okay, Honey Nut Cheerios. What can I say? Rest in peace, Loud House. Ooh. Sriracha. Oh, well, here would be my defense to that. 
Really? <laughs> you guys really think what I say? I wasn't allowed to eat cereal as a child. That means that I've never put a cereal in my mouth. Of course I've had Honey Nut Cheerios. I've had Frosted Cheerios. Sometimes comedians exaggerate points to make things funnier. I, When I say that I was not allowed to have cereal, I mean that as a child, my parents would not buy like those sugary cereals and let us eat it. I have tasted Honey Nut Cheerios as an adult, and it's fine. But this sugary crap is not even in the same realm as Honey Nut Cheerios. It's not good. Sriracha, I'm sorry to say, you've been crunch bunched. By Stereos Coconuts, leader of the Crunch Bunch. Our most popular segment. Listeners love hearing two people. One person who likes cereal too much to relate to. And one person who hates it like poison for some reason. Also, motherfucker, you know your tastes change over time, right? Like when no, I was no, my a taste- kid... The oh, only sorry, keep thing going. I, when I was a kid, the only thing I would eat is tuna sandwiches, and now I fucking vomit at the smell of tuna fish. Okay, maybe the problem is you just have shit taste in general. Because no, you, you have no shit point, taste. At no point should you have liked tuna salad or any of the quote bound salads, egg salad, any meat salad sandwich it should be a no go for you. And B, my tastes haven't changed. So cinnamon toast crunch still tastes as amazing the first time I had it as it did when we had it here on the show. And someone sent me, uh, someone texted me a new cereal that is half cinnamon toast crunch shaped churro pieces and half crave pieces, which are like, I have a little chocolate frosting in the middle. How can you not be excited about this? Well, that sounds like a nightmare and I hope you have it at the house by the time I get back. <laughs> We both know I won't buy it until you get here, because if I do, I'll eat it all. <laughs> all right. Hey, well, we hope you've enjoyed it all, all of this episode of The Loudest Podcast. Don't forget, we have three brand new bonus episodes that you can get right now for just $2. And by the way, when you join at patreon.com slash for just two bucks, you don't just get this month's bonus episodes. You get 75 bonus episodes comprising three years of amazing content. Uh, we got a new Lime in the Coconuts, a new episode of Christy. We got a new Dark Side Jills. And if you subscribe at $15, you don't just get those stickers. You get the WAP, the Wet Ass Podcast. That's exactly right. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I couldn't hold that joke in any longer. No, no, no. And if you want to go deeper on that, that's cool. But if you want to just go, that's fine, too. No, it's all you, buddy. All right, we're out of here. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.